you join me in Numbers today, Numbers in chapter 12. I love the Bible examples. This week we have heard much from God's Word. I pray your heart has been blessed as mine has. Numbers, if you join me in chapter 12. Can you imagine being responsible to lead billions of people? Numbers in chapter 12, we read of a man who was responsible to lead billions of people. The Bible tells us about this man in Numbers chapter 12. Verse 7 will be our key verse this morning, and then we'll examine the context. The Bible says, My servant Moses is not so who is, read the word out loud, faithful in all my house. God spoke of this man Moses, and God said of Moses that Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Let's join together in prayer this morning. Father, I ask that you would help us as we examine this passage, as we search the scriptures. May we be like the Bereans and Lord, may we search the scriptures daily, not just today, but may the rest of this week, may we study out your word and let your word be applied to our hearts, our homes, our lives, that we might be changed, that we might impact others for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, take this truth and help us to learn from it, of the example of those in the scripture who were faithful to Jesus. And Lord, how you want to encourage us and help us as we uh, seek to be faithful to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And we know of Moses, that Moses had kind of a unique ministry. He spent a lot of desert time, did he not? Moses was sent by God out to the desert for a little training camp because he killed somebody and he was afraid he was going to die. He goes and spends 40 years in the desert. God sends him back and he's too afraid to talk. And God uses him and his brother to lead the nation of Israel through the Red Sea out into the middle of the desert. Moses was excited because he was going to the promised land, but as you know, he failed God, and he struck the rock twice, was not able to enter the promised land. The people were too full of unbelief. They were afraid to conquer the cities. And so because of their unbelief, instead of being able to enter straight into the promised land, they had to spend 40 years doing circles in the wilderness. Now Moses spent his life and ministry, you could say, going in circles, serving people who were dying because of their sin. Imagine being called by God to lead that kind of a ministry where you know you're going to be, for the next 40 years, spinning in circles in the desert, and then early into it, you mess up, and God says, now you can't go where your destination is. So he's going to have to die before they go in the promised land. What a difficult ministry, what a difficult place to be. But of Moses, it is said by God, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of the message is Faithful Servant of Christ. Faithful Servant of Christ. I believe faithfulness is a gift to the church. And I'm so thankful Jesus is faithful to his church. Aren't you thankful for that? He's faithful. He abideth faithful. When we believe not, he abideth faithful. He continues to love. He continues to care and forgive. He continues to convict, compel, and, and complete. He continues to commission new servants to the fields. He is a faithful God. And our faithful God also has faithful servants. And our Bible is filled with the testimonies of people who serve the Lord faithfully. His faithfulness inspires me to follow in his footsteps. 
Now, here in this text, I'd like you to see the context. Look in verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Moses had an interracial marriage, and his siblings didn't like it. That's what we understand from verse 1. Now, Miriam, we understand God used her to lead the nation of Israel. She wrote a poem as they came across the Red Sea and led them in a song. She was used by God musically to help the nation of Israel. Aaron was used by God as the spokesperson for Moses. So these people were both used by God. All three of them we would look up to as they were the leaders of these millions of people going through the desert. But Miriam and Aaron had a little bit of a bone to pick with their brother because of his marriage. And they said, they went on. All right, look at, they didn't just have a problem with who he married, but now, verse 2, they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken by us also? And I love the rest of that verse. And the Lord heard it. I love it that God hears everything that happens, aren't you? It's great. God hears. God knows. Verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. God wants us to understand Moses wasn't just an egotistical, proud, stubborn, rude man. Moses was a leader. Moses was strong, you'd say spiritually, but Moses had a meek and a gracious spirit about him. The Bible says he was meek above all the men which were on the face of the earth. So you think of the kindest person you know. Uh, I can think of several people that are Christians that are very kind, that are very gracious to me. I can also think of several people that are lost, even in this community, that are extremely friendly and kind. I took the evangelist somewhere this week, and we were at a local business, and uh, the business owners are always friendly to me. They ask kind things. They're just like, oh, how are you doing? How are your kids? They just care about us. You know, they're just, they're just kind, thoughtful people. And... Um, and that business owner even wound up giving the evangelist uh, some, he makes, he makes carved out bowls. And he, he gave the, I, I went there to buy them. And he said, no, I want to give them to you. And uh, the, the business owner was just so kind and, and, and gave, gave the evangelist some things for his wife and, and just tried to be a blessing. Uh, people are kind. Many people are gracious. And you'd say right here, meek, thoughtful, okay? Moses was the, a thoughtful person. The person that comes to your mind when you think of thoughtfulness Moses was meek, he was gracious, but his sister and brother had a bone to pick with him. They said Moses isn't the only guy God spoke to, and that, that's partially true, but he was the man called by God to lead the nation. The Bible says, the Lord spake suddenly, in verse 4, unto Moses and Aaron, and unto Miriam, come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they three came out. And the Lord came down the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth, and he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. So he says, look, I'm going to reveal myself to a prophet in a dream. But then look, it says in verse 7, My servant Moses is not so. So he's not just the ordinary prophet, who is faithful in all my house. Verse 8, With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, not in dark speeches, in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak 
against my servant Moses. And the anger of, look at what it says, not Moses, the anger of the Lord, was kindled against them, and he departed. The Bible tells us in verse 10, the cloud departed from the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became, le became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. God sent leprosy to wake them up to the need to recognize, look, the leader may be imperfect, this individual may be imperfect, but in my sight, God said, this person is faithful. This person is faithful. I thank God for his faithfulness. And church family, your faithfulness inspires and encourages me. His faithfulness this week. When you were tired, when you were worn out, when you were sore, I know many of you this week had severe bodily pain coming to the revival meetings, but you came and you were an encouragement uh, in your faithfulness. And uh, whenever anyone steps up their faithfulness to God, it empowers the work of God. Faithfulness is a key component to success in life. And I'd like you to look this morning at the scriptures and let us see what the word of God uh, helps us and how it helps us. And then this week, I'm going to encourage you to do something that's going to be a great blessing to others in the area who are faithfully serving Jesus. And we're going to get there in just a moment, all right? Uh, look, if you would, in Psalms in chapter 12 and verse 1. Psalms in chapter 12 and verse 1. We all struggle from time to time with discouragement. We might say, what's the use? I'm being faithful to God, but nobody else is. You might feel that way sometimes, but God wants to help you. Look in Psalms 12 and verse 1. The psalmist says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Hmm. David said at his time, the godly were ceasing to exist, and the faithful were failing from among the children of men. Don't be surprised when godly people let you down. Just don't be surprised. It's a normal thing in life. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're surprised by it, your faith is extremely weak and your understanding of the scripture, my friend, is extremely weak. Because as we read in the word of God, there are going to be two thoughts this morning we're going to see from scripture. First is this, faithful men are rare. Faithful men are rare. The psalmist says, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. To put it in the words of Solomon, the wisest man, he said, Proverbs 20, verse 6, a faithful man who can find... Solomon is wise. And you'd say, well, if Solomon was wise, you know, he should have been able to identify and notice that there were a lot of faithful people in the world. The truth of the matter is, Solomon said, it's hard to find faithful people. Solomon identified the situation way back then. I believe there are several things God wants to help us with this morning. Faithfulness involves our will. Our will. Where there is a will, there is a what? Amen. Amen. And, uh, I want to be very clear, faithfulness is more of a disposition than a position. It's more of a disposition than a position. Uh, isn't it interesting, guys? And uh, most of you don't hunt, but it's kind of interesting to note this, okay? If, if we want to do something, we'll get up super early to do it, okay? Now, you know that I like to hunt, all right? Now, I can push through a lot of pain when I want to hunt, all right? And every year when I start to hunt, I pick up my bow and I carry it around when I go into the woods because there's two weeks of bow season. And then when I start to carry a bow, rifle, whatever it is, in the woods, you start to carry seven, eight, ten pounds a couple miles every day in the woods. There's something called fatigue, all right? 
and your hand starts to do this. And it, every year it does the same thing. I can mark it down. It's going to pinch this nerve right here, and it's going to cause pain all week, okay? So this week was hunting week, right? It's something I love to do, so I went out and did it, right? And I remember walking out in the woods Monday morning. I started out. I did a mile, uh, 1.7 miles Monday morning. And uh, about 10 o'clock, I was walking back out. And I said, I didn't see anything. I don't know if I want to do this the rest of the week. Now, even though I did do it a few other days. I'll tell you, it's important enough to me that even though I was in pain, I did it. It was important enough to me that even though I was in pain, I wanted to get up early to do it. Why? Because I wanted to get a deer. All right? I didn't find one this week. It was poor weather for it. I got rained on most of the time, and it affected my boy. And, and so I eventually decided to stop doing it for a few days until the weather cleared up, okay? But you know what? We do what is important to us. It was important to me, and I knew I can mark it down. It's going to cause pain. It's going to cause pain. Uh, but I want to do it bad enough that I will do it, okay? We do whatever is important to us. Where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, now look, we tend to evaluate men based upon their results. God looks at the heart. Remember David? Man sees not on the outside. Man looks. God, a man sees on the outside. God looks on the heart. Actions do speak louder than words, and actions flow from a heart, a heart that's faithful. So faithful actions flow from this heart that's committed to Christ. Just yesterday, I got an email from a dear pastor friend who has been pastoring for thirty years in the same spot. His name is Pastor Dan Benton, and he's in Waterbury, Connecticut. He is still pastoring to this day. If you meet Brother Benton, and one, and one day, Lord willing, you might be able to meet him. He walks with crutches. He cannot physically step without crutches. He has arm crutches, and I remember as a child, my parents and I would leave. We would go down from Maine, go down to a special conference, uh, a Bible conference, down in the Connecticut area, and we would always stop at this brother's church. And I remember as a little child, that man getting up to preach. And I remember as a little child, my parents let us stay with them. They had children about our age. They're, they're children just two years older than, than, uh, than I was, and we were, there were six of us, and there were, I think, two or three of his children. And they would, some, we, would some, we spent one night in their home, and my parents went and did something. I remember that. And I remember that he was a sweet man. I remember he had a gracious spirit. And I remember thinking... Wow, he must go through a lot of pain to get up there and serve Jesus. Thirty years later, he's still pastoring the same church. Thirty years later, still pastoring the same church. And I called him up yesterday because it's Pastor Appreciation Month. I said, you know, brother, I just want to say thank you for serving Jesus. Thank you for being faithful. Look, you might not have uh, people, people evaluate based on numbers sometimes. But I believe his spirit is sweet. He said, you know what? He said, Brother Daniel said, people have come and gone. And right now... He said, but you know what? I love them. There was no bitterness in the tone of his voice. No bitterness. And you know what? That's rare to find when you've been serving Jesus for 30 years because people are going to hurt you. Just a reality of life, whether you're a church member, whether you're a pastor, whether you're deacon, whatever you do in the work of God, people are going to offend you. Whatever you do in life, people are going to offend you. And he has stuck it out for 30 years and not just stuck it out, but had a faithful spirit and a sweet spirit even though he is in great pain. I believe behind every faithful pastor there's a faithful wife, faithful children, and a faithful church who love them and are faithful to the work of God. Faithful men are rare, but I thank God for every single one of them. Many of you have been faithful, encouraging, and helpful, and thank you for that. 
And God is pleased when we are faithful in our heart to the Lord, to his work. Even though others may fail, we must abide faithful to Christ. Faithful to Christ. My brother Galvin and I went around and visited people this week. And uh, we visited some people that his dad used to pastor. And uh, they told us the same thing. <laughs> you know what? He said, as soon as your dad left, we left too. We both. Don't, don't follow a man. Follow Christ. And, uh, and Brother Matt said, well, you can come back. And he said, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Never showed up. And <laughs> you know what, my friend? You can't please everybody. And he said, well, that, that he said, Brother Galvin was just like the perfect pastor. You know what? He's no longer here. I'm sorry, brother. So you're just going to have to put up with it, okay? Um, he's no longer here. And so we cannot evaluate our life simply upon people. And truth of the matter is, uh, we change, and uh, often we look at somebody in the past. I know a brother who was my pastor way back, and I think of him as the, he was the perfect pastor. But you know what? Now if I was in his church, I'd probably have some problem with him, okay? I mean, just because we, we can evaluate people, and, and often in our lives we get distracted. Faithful servant of Christ. I'm going to encourage you this morning about how we can help other preachers in this area. How we can be an encouragement how we can be a blessing. Faithful men are rare. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, if you join me there, we've already seen how Moses, the Bible says, was faithful in all of God's house. Proverbs 28, if you join me, in verse 20. Proverbs 28, in verse 20. 28, in verse 20. Bible says that faithful men are rewarded. Not only are faithful men rare, but thank God, there's a blessing for being faithful, and it's that God rewards you. The Bible says, Proverbs 28, verse 20, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. A faithful man, the Bible says, shall abound with blessings. Abound with blessings. Faithful people inspire me to serve the Lord. When I see... God bless them. I'm inspired. Not too long ago, a friend told me, he said, you know what? He said, he said there was a pastor down the road. He'd been pastoring for 30 years, and he just retired. And he said, and he told me what size of an offering the church gave him when he retired. He said, now I want to go there and be the pastor because that church has really got a lot of money. Wrong, wrong motive, okay? The church did give him an extremely... I think 20000 is a very extreme offering, okay? But he had been faithfully serving God for twenty for 30 years in the same spot. That's just about less than $1,000 a year for faithfully serving the Lord. And this man had been faithful in his ministry, and he didn't do it for the money, okay? But because he was faithful to God, God rewarded him. And I think sometimes as a Christian, we can get greedy when we see somebody being rewarded. I remember seeing a, a person who had served the Lord faithfully, Offering free services as a lawyer for 50 years. And I remember being in a service, seeing them be rewarded and be preachers that had saved up and decided to be a blessing to that person. And I, I remember thinking, sitting at service, and I said, you know what? They've been serving God for 50 years. You do the math. It was a small gift. It was a small gift because they did it all for free. Providing free lawyer service. You know how much a lawyer costs? All right? Providing free legal services to churches. Um... There's no price tag we put on that, and having a sweet spirit in the process. And see, often we can evaluate, we can also, we can get upset when somebody else gets a blessing. Look, if God gives you a blessing and gives you a raise at work, I'm going to rejoice with you. 
And whether or not I know about it or not, I'm going to rejoice that God blessed you, okay? Because if you are faithful, God's going to reward you in one way or another. So we ought to be encouraged. We ought to be, uh, we ought to be excited when God blesses somebody else. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and verse 9, they were blessed with faithful Abraham. See, Abraham was used by God to be the father of the nation of Israel. And Abraham was, the Bible says, faithful. Faithful Abraham. It was a stormy night in Birmingham, England, and Hudson Taylor was to speak at a meeting at the Severn Street schoolroom. His hostess assured him that nobody would attend on such a stormy night, but Taylor insisted on going. He said, I must go there even if there's but one doorkeeper. Less than a dozen people showed up, but the meeting was marked with unusual spiritual power. Half of those present either became missionaries or gave their children as missionaries, and the rest were faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come. I believe it was worth it that Hudson Taylor was faithful to Jesus Christ. Our faithfulness is entirely dependent upon his faithfulness. Let's look in 2 Thessalonians 3. Faithful man shall abound with blessings. Now let's look at 2 Thessalonians 3 in verse 3. I love how the scriptures clearly paint for us the picture of faithfulness. Now, in your Bible, there are over 78 verses that use the word faithful. 78 verses that use the word faithful. The word itself is used 82 times. 2 Thessalonians 3, in verse 3, we read, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from, look what he says, evil. And we have confidence in the Lord, touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. Now, Paul was sure of the, this thing. He was sure that these believers were going to be established by the faithful God. Established by the faithful God. We need to be established today. And I believe God wants to establish us. He wants to plant you and I into a place of stability. A place of emotional stability, a place of physical stability, a place of spiritual stability. Don't we live in a kind of unstable time? Unstable people? Um, it was interesting. Uh, I have a friend who has been advocating for stay home, stay safe, lockdowns, advocating for all this stuff. All supporting every last bit of it. Last night they made a post and they said, you know what, the truth of the matter is, uh, drug awareness, they said. 30% more people are... Are, are overdosing and going to die, 30% more, all, all, the, all, the, all, these, all these people getting, getting on drugs. They said the reason for it is because of all the quarantines and all the lockdowns and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, kind of humorous, isn't it? It took you seven months to realize that the agenda that you've been encouraging is actually hurting people in many ways, hurting people. And I, sometimes it's easy to just kind of try to listen to the world and follow the world, what they say. But God wants us to be faithful to Jesus Christ, to trust Him, and to let God establish our hearts. Establish our hearts. There's something powerful about your heart being established. It's unmoved. It's unwavering. It won't quit. It won't back down. Why? Because He's in. He's faithful. He abides faithful. He cannot deny Himself. The Lord is faithful who will establish you. You know, if you and I are going to be faithful to Jesus, we just have to be close to Jesus. Because he's already faithful. He's already faithful. And I thank God 
for the faithful people who have helped me along the way. I thank God for you, faithful folks in this church. What a blessing you've been. Faithful, encouraging, helpful. And will you commit today, will you commit and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to be a faithful servant of Christ. I like to get the Lord's well done. If you look in Matthew 25, we'll finish on this with this passage, and then I'm going to encourage you with a challenge, and we'll try to be a help to other faithful men and their dear wives. Bible says, Matthew 25, if you would join me there in verse 20. Several passages today, but all along this line of faithfulness. Faithfulness. Matthew 25 and verse 20. Bible says, So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou uh, deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The Bible says to him, what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Look at verse 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Then look at verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast thine, that is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked, and look what he says, slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where thou hast, I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore have put thy money to the exchangers, that when my coming, that at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away that which he hath. And look at verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Very sad verse. I believe every single one of us has been given talents, has been given gifts by God. John 15 tells us that the branch that bears not fruit, he what? Cast it away. The branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it'll bring forth more fruit. It's a convicting verse when I read this verse. Because in years past, um, I think we have maybe grown up in churches where it was just like a uh, professions of faith. And people often will come to me and say, um, you know, I used to go to such and such church, and the pastor would lead 10 people to the Lord every week. But if we'll be honest, did 10 people did ten people actually join the church every week? Okay? If all we're doing is getting people to pray a prayer, okay, and come in here, and we, we now say, well, I, had, I led five people to Jesus, all right? But the Holy Spirit wasn't working on it. All we're doing is being a good salesman. And that's not what you do with the gospel, selling it cheap. And there was a philosophy of selling the gospel cheap, and I've tried to... We want to be balanced here. I thank God for the soul that got saved this week, and I thank God for the souls that have got saved over the past few years while we have been here. And, and God is faithful in saving sinners. 
And God is the one who does the salvation. And when he works, the Holy Spirit convicts. And there's a clear, concise voice of the Holy Spirit bringing about the conviction to the soul. And we don't want to ma manipulate the situation. We want the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to the soul. When you look at this passage, though, you see these men, who some of them had, had zero. One of them had zero reward. One of them had done nothing with what God had given him. The other man had been faithful. And look, in the end, God says, take the talent from the one and give it to the one who has more. And you say... That doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair in our socialistic society. Where everybody thinks they can get something for free. But in, the, in this biblical sense, God is saying in the kingdom of heaven, he wants us to be faithful. And he describes one that's faithful, and then he describes the other as pretty, pretty harsh words from the Lord, thou wicked and slothful servant. I do not want to stand before Jesus Christ and him to say of me, you were wicked and you were slothful. You say, could you as a pastor stand before Jesus and him say that about you? Yes. Yes. I'm lazy. I don't have a spirit of commitment to Jesus Christ. Absolutely. God would have every right to say of me, I'm slothful. If I said, you know what, you know what? Dear, the truth of the matter is, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't believe the Lord would honor me. And I don't believe he'll honor any of us with a spirit of, using a harsh word, but it's the text, okay? Slothfulness. Uh, the Bible says the slothful turneth upon his hinges, okay? As the, bed, as the, as the door turns upon his hinges, so is the slothful upon his bed. And, and it's, there's a great value to waking up and getting the day started. And, uh, and just trusting the Lord to help us. Now, there are times where we need sleep. Yesterday was a day when I needed to do a lot of rest at the house. And I needed to stay home and spend time in the house. It's rare that I ever spend all of my day in the house. I think I was outside for less than less than an hour yesterday. And only, I stayed on the property. Didn't leave the property. That's rare for me. Okay, I'm always on the house. But you know what? Yesterday I knew my body was worn out and I needed a little bit of rest. And although I didn't necessarily do a lot of extra sleep. I need to spend time with my family and just relax and take it easy and uh, try to let the sinuses rest. You know what? Sometimes you do need to take a time of rest, but you need to take a time of rest sometimes so you can plan to be in your place, okay? So you can plan to be faithful. It's a convicting passage because the Lord said to one servant, you've been faithful. You did your job. The other, he said, you were slothful. And I do not want to be slothful in the work of God. Uh, I want God to work in my life and in our church. And I want God to work in this community. And I thank God there are many, many preachers who have been faithful in this community. Uh, you know that it's been said by some who have served in this area longer than I have that it's a difficult area. I don't know if that is true or not. I don't know. Okay? That's what some have said. Okay? Uh, I've traveled the world, and, and I would say that people are the same almost everywhere. We've got the same problems. Okay? Uh, we got the same needs. We have the same uh, in general needs, okay? And the, the gospel works in every community. Now, we all, in every community I've ever been in, every, every nation I've ever traveled to, there's always been the struggle with laziness and, and slothfulness. But then, there's always been the encouragement of faithfulness. And I want to be one of those faithful people. And, and I thank God for the pastors in this community that have served God faithfully. And this month, we want to do something special. And I've been wanting to do this ever since we got here. And we just hadn't done it. And uh, with this whole pandemic and everything, we waited. 
we were going to do something special here at church, and what we were going to do is we were going to have a special banquet for pastors and their wives. Every pastor that I know that preaches the gospel in this area within about 50 miles, invite them. We're going to do a special time for them. But we're not going to do it here at church. But what we're going to do is we're going to do it in a restaurant. We're going to do it on Saturday the 24th. And, uh, of course, unless something crazy happens. Uh, we're going to do it and meet up with them at a restaurant. We're going to try to honor these men who have served God faithfully. Many of them have served for 15, 20 years in this area. And they've, they've been faithfully serving Jesus, and we're thankful for them. We're thankful for their, their legacy of faithfulness in this area. Uh, amidst, amidst much, maybe, adversity or struggle. Uh, in an area where maybe the government is not quite so favorable towards churches as places like Georgia and other states. But they've been faithful to Jesus, and we just thank God for that. And we want to be an encouragement to them. And so what we're going to do is on the 24th. You know, sometimes uh, God provides in, 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 the, in, the, in good times, like he did for Joseph, for rough times, okay? Last year, God blessed our church and gave us a little bit of extra resources, and we're going to try to be a blessing and use a little bit of extra resources to try to be a blessing to preachers, giving each of them and their wife a gift and a free meal, all right? I've been invited to too many Dutch treats for coffee at preachers' fellowships, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be that cheap, okay? We're going to buy them a meal at lunch. We're going to buy them a lunch on Saturday the 24th. Them and their wife, if they can both come. We want to try to be an encouragement. We want to say say them, you know what? Thank you for serving Jesus. Our church family wants to be a blessing to you. You say, Pastor, how much is it going to cost? Would you, would you quit worrying about that, okay? If that's a problem and you're worried about it, I'll cut the check myself. I'm serious. Um, out of my own fun. Um... We want to be a blessing to those preachers. They've served the Lord faithfully. And many, many of them, I know I know two preachers right now who are thinking of quitting the ministry. They need encouragement. And uh, they've been faithfully serving the Lord. It's just been difficult for them. And we want to be an encouragement to them. It helps them. You say, you say, is everybody doing everything perfect? None of us are doing everything perfect, okay? There's no perfect church member. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect missionary. Um, we're trying to give everybody a little bit of grace right now. But we want to be a blessing to them. And so... Uh, we want to do something special, and tomorrow we're going to send out letters inviting these preachers to this thing. You say, what if, all, what if 30 of them decide they want to come? Well, it costs a little bit more, okay? Um, but if you want to be a blessing and help with that, you say, you know what, I want to kick in a little bit extra towards it. Just You can write on the check that it's for that. Um, and you say, uh, uh, appreciation lunch. It's just going to be an appreciation lunch we're going to do for the pastors. And whatever extra we need to spend, we're going to do it from the church. And you say, uh... There's been people who tried to have been very thoughtful and generous towards our church over these over these years since we've been here. And you know what? We ought to be thoughtful and generous towards some preachers that have been faithfully serving Jesus. Preachers who right now maybe not even not even have enough to pay the oil bill for the church. And they might need just a little bit of encouragement, you know, a thoughtful gift. Um, we, we've already been thinking about these thoughtful things, and you say, how much is it going to be for a preacher? And I don't want to scare you, okay? But um, we want to be a blessing to every every of these each one of these men. I know of at least uh, 10 or 15 that really, uh, that I know personally that could be encouraged by this, and we'll try to do a few more if we can. Uh, the Bible, uh, there's, there's a story, <laughs> get back to the text, well done, thou faithful servant. We want to tell these men, you know what, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for staying here. Thank you for staying in New York. Thank you for staying in this area, even if, even if it might have been difficult for you. We thank you for being faithful to Jesus, and we want you to know you know, a lot of, and there's been men of company and said, you know what, I don't know if anybody's behind. They'll say they don't know if anybody's supporting them. They don't know if anybody's with them. You know what, I believe our church is with us. And I, part, of, part of it, I believe you guys love us and care about us, okay? And uh, sometimes you have to just, uh, you, you need, somebody needs an encouragement and a word of encouragement. The story is told of various church members and their attitude towards, towards uh, church. 
Brother A thought it looked like rain, and he concluded that his family, including himself, had better remain at home. However, on the following day, it was raining very hard, and the same brother hired a carriage and took his whole family to a show. Brother B thought it, he was too tired to go, so he stayed home and worked uh, at the sled she had promised to make on the sled he promised to make for Billy. Sister C thought that the pavements were too slippery and that it would be too too dangerous for her to venture out. So, however, she was seen the next morning going down the street to get her old bonnet done up. She had a pair of old stockings drawn over her shoes, and three-fourths of the members stayed at home, but God was there at the meeting. The pastor was there, and God blessed them, and the persons who stayed at home were each represented by a vacant seat, because God doesn't bless empty seats. That was written by Charles Spurgeon. I tell you, Charles Spurgeon was used by God to do a great work. I thank God for Charles Spurgeon's faithfulness. I heard of a church back in the olden day that when they first built it, they made little candle holders on the sides. And people said, they didn't put candles in them. People said, what'd you make those candle holders for? Well, what they did is they gave every church member a candle for the wall. And they said, every week when you come in, you put your candle right there on the wall, light it and put it on the wall. You're going to bring light into this building. There's going to be no electricity. You're going to bring the light in. So you've got to be here to bring the light in. You know what? We need the grace of God to help us be an encouragement to others. And I believe that God has blessed our church and that we can be an encouragement. We've been thinking about this for a while. Try to be an encouragement to other, other men. Moses, the Bible said, my servant is not so, who is faithful, God said, in all of my house. Now, Moses was imperfect. Moses had already had a wife before that situation. I'm sure they could have found fault with Moses about something, but God said Moses was faithful. And we, instead of picking at people, we want to try to be an encouragement and help to people and try to be a blessing to them. And so I want to encourage our church to do this, and, and that's, that's something you want to just pray about, what God would have you to do. It won't be till the 24th, but we're going to we have a restaurant already picked out. We've already talked with the owners of the restaurant, and we want to do something special uh, for these pastors in the area who've been faithfully serving the Lord I want, to, I want to encourage their hearts, encourage them, encourage their wives, give a gift to both them and their wives as a way of saying thank you for serving Jesus. Thank you for laboring in this place. I tell you, um, I have many friends who right now uh, who live in other states and other places, and they're just so upset because uh, somebody didn't text them or call them. They decided to, do, they decided to distance themselves from God, and they're, they're upset because somebody didn't call them or text them or help them or do something to them. There's people that are upset and frustrated right now. But uh, we can be an encouragement to those who are trying to be faithful so that they keep being faithful and encourage others to be faithful. Make sense? So it's a, it's a chain effect. We want to be an encouragement to some who are being faithful so that they can continue to faithfully preach the word in this community. And uh, we want to ask God to help us with that. And then we want to ask God to help us to be faithful in our hearts, in our lives committed to Christ. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, today is the greatest day to put your faith in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. If you've never done that, it's where it all begins. Baptism doesn't save you. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. Putting your faith in the Son of God who died for you and rose again. And my friend, he gives eternal life to those who ask it. He gives a new desire, a new passion, a new thirst. Wasn't it exciting this week how thirsty people got about God? And uh, I tell you, God wants to move and he wants to work. Let's ask him to help us to be faithful to him in this hour. I'll let you right there in your seat, but just take a moment to recommit yourself to the Lord. As the piano begins to play in just a moment, I encourage you, let's bow our heads for prayer. Let's just ask the Lord to meet with us right now, right where we're at, and ask him to help us 
to be faithful to him. I want it to be said of me, like Moses, he was faithful in all of God's house. Faith, a faithful man who can find. May the Lord find us faithful to the finish. Let's ask God to help us with that this morning. Father, I pray that you help us to each be faithful to Jesus. Lord, we thank you for those like Charles Spurgeon. Lord, those like Hudson Taylor. Lord, those we read of in the Bible like Peter, Paul, Daniel, David, Moses, who were faithful to you. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, to have a sweet spirit, and to trust you to do great things exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Lord, we thank you for what we will do. We are trusting you to do that. Help us to be an encouragement to some preachers. And may this preacher's lunch be a way to be a blessing to some pastors who may be thinking of quitting because they may feel like nobody loves them, nobody appreciates them. And on this month, may we be an encouragement to them to keep them in the ministry so that they might serve Jesus for many years to come. You would bless them in their homes and their wives and their families. Father, bless every person in the room. Help us right now to recommit ourselves to you. In Christ's name we do pray. As the piano begins to play, would you just take your time right now and would you ask the Lord to help you to be committed. Ask the help, Lord to help you to be faithful. Thank you. 